This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Hey, future Aaron here. Uh, sadly, since I originally released this episode, this brewery is actually no longer operational. But I do hope you enjoy the episode. Cheers. A great idea can come from anywhere. You could be sitting on the bus, daydreaming at work, or having a casual conversation at the grocery store. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer, and have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself to be an expert in beer by any means. But I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest, and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. In this episode, I've traveled down the I-5 corridor in Washington State to the city of Everett. Home to the Boeing assembly plant, this area has seen growth in recent years, including the craft beer scene. Starting in the back shed in 2009, Justice Brewing is a one-man project, which is seeing some major expansion later this year. All right, your name? Nate. And what is uh, your role here? Uh, Everything. (laughs) (laughs) The one-man band. Yes. All right. Your brewery's name is Justice, so either you're a big French house fan, or (laughs) are you a, uh, uh, there's an arcade reference in there or something, is there? Uh, It's just a, a stupid story reference. Okay. Roommate of mine. Back in the day, we were talking about Sam Adams and the lack of Sam Adams having a picture of Sam Adams on their bottle. Right. So up until, I don't know when it was, I should find out so I can complete this story, but uh, it was a picture of Paul Revere on their bottle. Mm-hmm. And my roommate was like, dude, you start your brewery, you should call it Paul Revere Beer and put a picture of Sam Adams on the bottle. And I was like, yeah, that's funny, but I don't think we could do it justice. And then mm-hmm. we started riffing on the name justice and, you know, justice is served. I mm-hmm. demand justice and it just stuck. So here we are seven years later with the name Justice Brewing still to this day. And still in your, well, it's no longer your shed, but it once was your shed in the back. It was my rental shed. It is still a rental shed, but I am now only renting two thirds of it until we get uh, moved out of here into our new space. Mm-hmm. So, how big is this space? Uh, Four hundred and twenty square feet. Right, and it's a it's a tap room as well. Yes, yes. For it's a it's a tasting room. Mm-hmm. People expect more when they hear tap room. Right. So you're just yeah. like, yes, you can taste beer here, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can taste beer and buy it to get the heck out of here. Right. Uh, because, yeah, you don't have a bathroom in the shed. So, right. Right. Yeah. So be known if you're going to come and visit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what do you like to brew 
mostly Belgians and sour beers and then anything that is not really an established style. I like playing around, like doing crazy weird stuff. Like we have uh, the Butterfinger Brown that everyone keeps talking about. We've got a, a chocolate orange golden. We've got a golden stout. We've got all sorts of crazy stuff that we've done. Uh, and uh, I also like doing single hop beers so people can experience just the bitterness, flavor, and aroma of that one hop mm-hmm. in a beer so they can establish that and try and pick it out when they have it in other beers in the future. Right. So when did you start brewing? It was like 2000, late 2006 or early 2007. So it's been about 10 years. Just started home brewing, And then uh, 2010, we established the corporation to with the goal of doing this. And then two years later, we were open. So it's been uh, been a long time, but I spent, you know, quite a few years homebrewing, trying out stuff, you know, started with extract on a stovetop, went to all grain, built a brew stand, you know, upgraded that, got different equipment, you know, and just, it just dogpiled until we're here now. And what was that initial beer that inspired you to kind of get into homebrewing? I wanted beers like, uh, more like, I liked Blue Moon, but I didn't like like Blue Moon. I wanted it a little different than that. And I liked uh, Duvel and some of the bigger, lighter colored Belgians. There wasn't a ton of them on the market then that I knew about or could find. So one dude, the this whole brewery hinged on this one dude in the Vancouver Whole Foods saying, hey, did you know you can make beer at home? <laughs> and it just spiraled out of control from there right because i was like well yeah I've, I've i've been on a bunch of brewery tours and i like beer but don't you need like temperature control and everything and he's like no man it ferments at like 65 70 degrees and i'm like my house is 65 to 70 degrees all the time i could totally do this and that's all that's all it took mm-hmm. i just started researching reading you know trying stuff out and it it's, it's ridiculous that one conversation with a beer dude at Whole Foods. <laughs> and so how big is your system here in the show? Uh, we have 55-gallon uh, kettles. We get about uh, just a little over a barrel out of each batch. So 31-ish gallons per beer. Uh, we do have a, a pilot system where we'll brew 15 gallons, do a half batch. Uh, for stuff that's even weirder or the ingredients are expensive and I don't want to risk it, on a large batch to have it not turn out. So uh, those are the two sizes we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, how many fermenters back there? Oh, we've got five, Mm -hmm. five uh, stainless steel conicals. Uh, Three of them are online. I'm bringing the other two online today. So that's uh, what I'm doing after this. All right. So how many uh, days of the week are you brewing? I'm only brewing one, one to two days a week right now. Uh, we, We brew white and nerdy almost every week and then something else as well is uh white and nerdy like your flagship beer yeah yeah Yeah, that is the the one beer that we make year-round that you can always find and uh what exactly is that it's a uh it's i called it a northwest style belgian wheat because it's outside of the traditional belgian style it's a little hoppier you know and it's uh american hops instead of traditional tet hops got a lot more hop flavor than you would expect for a 
for a regular wit. And it's a little higher in alcohol. It's about 6% ABV, 32 IBUs. So it's, uh, and it's a dry beer. So those 32 IBUs come out a little bit more than they would in a sweeter beer. It, you know, it's nice brewing in a shed and having this nice little space to yourself, right. but right. I, I take it you want to expand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we have signed a lease and we are moving. Uh, we'll be at 2701 Wetmore Avenue in uh, downtown Everett. We're going to be uh, one block down from Funco's New World Headquarters. We're right across the street from the Everett Performing Arts Center and uh, the uh, Uffler and, uh, Muffler and Oil Change Place. If So if you need a, need a lube and tune while you're having some beers, it's just right across the street. Yeah, or pre-show drinks at the Arts Center. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we unfortunately don't have a date. But uh, we're just waiting on the federal government at this point. Hopefully so. by the end of the year. Oh, it better be by the end of the year. It better be before summer gets here. So yeah. <laughs> we've had our documentation in for quite a long time. So uh, it's uh, just waiting and seeing. Mm-hmm. Is there a beer that you really like doing, but it's just really expensive and it, uh, and you don't get a chance to do it that much here? Well, so we have two of our most expensive beers that we brew ingredients wise are high stupidity, which we'll be brewing. If not this week, next week, we'll be getting at least one batch in for that. That's uh, released every April. And this is a beer that we went around and around with the tax and trade bureau because we use hemp seeds in it. Ah. And their definite, I actually had an hour and a half argument over the definition of zero. <laughs> right. We had the first beer that I know of that was tested and has a test card from a marijuana processing laboratory. So we have documentation showing that there is 0.000, less than 0.005% THC in this beer. Because THC is illegal federally, even Mm -hmm. though in Washington state, it's a regulated recreational drug, but uh, it's not allowed in in beer. So uh, we had to prove that we weren't getting any from the hemp seeds, even though we could prove mathematically that it is theoretically impossible to break this threshold because the seeds themselves have less than 0.005% that uh, they still required lab testing. Right. And you, and so that is a federal requirement why you can't put marijuana in beer, right? Yes, yeah, yes, so. yes. Because it's, it's illegal federally, but not statewide. There's the laws and everything with anything, beer pot anything it's 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 a it's a messy sticky friggin thing but uh no pun intended there right yeah <laughs> right but uh it also has uh it's a beer we also brew with uh bacon mm. and uh molasses right. so it's a it's a giant beer it usually comes in around nine nine and a half sometimes ten percent depending on uh on it we brew it once a year comes out every april it's a it's just a massive behemoth brown and then the other is uh, the whitest and nerdiest, which is our triple white IPA. And that one needs a ton of grain because it's a big beer and it needs a ton of hops. So it's just, uh, it's it's a very, very expensive beer to brew. And two years ago, I screwed it up and we had to dump it. So it didn't mm. come out. It was a, technically I didn't screw it up. There was a mechanical failure with the uh, false bottom that we were using, let some hops in, clogged mm. up the heat exchanger, had to unclog the heat exchanger in all this process, totally f***ed it up, oxidized it, and it just got totally jacked up. And it was better to just say, no, we're not selling this than to try and salvage it. So mm-hmm. 
this year's we we made it out. It made it to market. Uh, we still have some here and on tap and in bottles. So if anyone's looking to try that one, come on down. Yeah, come down. It's <laughs> it's it's on now. So yeah. It won't be for long. So is this the only place where you can get your beer or can you get it elsewhere? Uh, you can get it elsewhere. We're uh, at uh, bottle shops throughout. Basically, if you're on the I-5 corridor, you can probably find it depending on uh, on where it's at. Uh, we're on tap at uh, AFK Tavern and at the uh, Retro in Seattle, downtown Seattle. We're always on tap at those two places. If you're here in Everett, which AFK is, uh, we also have bottles at the Snow Isle Natural Foods Co-op. They're like our kind of our our neighborhood bottle shop-ish place because I'm not open very often. So they're the ones that I make sure they get specialty beers that we, if, if it's like a brewery only release, you'll also find a case of it there kind of a thing. So uh, it's a good place to check out. Uh, Brews Almighty, we're sometimes in there. Uh, the Independent, we're sometimes in there. It just uh, depends on the season and depends on the seasonal and our availability. But uh, if somebody wanted to come by and visit you here, when do you open? Saturdays. Uh, the hours vary sometimes. We're still on winter hours, but uh, it's getting lighter out and it's getting a little warmer out. So might expand our hours uh, a little bit, but uh, just check the website. There's a little banner at the top that'll say, what hours and what day we're open unless you've got some ad blocker that blocks it then uh then just click on the uh the visit us thing and it'll have hours and the instructions for finding this place since it's a little weird cool so who's inspiring you locally because there's tons of breweries in the area who do you like drinking locally i don't know i never get a i never get time to like go out and do anything <laughs> i don't get to don't get to see much uh there's a lot of breweries outputting some really good beer in in Washington. Uh, Black Ravens doing a really good job. Uh, Holy Mountain. I don't really get a chance to get down there to check it out often, but they they've got the buzz. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Rubens Brews. They're doing really well, and you know our local Everett dudes. They're they're pretty helpful. Scuttlebutt. They just put in. They finally put in an experimental pilot system. So I'm a little excited for that because uh, uh, their mainstay beers aren't aren't the styles of beers that I'm interested in. So I'm, I'm hoping they got some, uh, some cool stuff, uh, down the pipeline. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, if somebody else wanted to go down this path of opening a brewery themselves, what advice would you give them? <laughs> Don't <laughs> <laughs> have, have a wife that has a decent paying job, uh, realize it's long hours and low margin <laughs> and it's very physical labor. It is, it, it's, uh, it's it's taxing on your body. You're lifting a lot of stuff when you're at this scale. It's just everything's manual. Manual keg washing, manual brewing, manual everything. Yeah, because you were fixing your pump when I came in. So. Yeah, yep. Fixing a keg washer for our, our corny kegs so it can uh, spray out the insides. And uh, it's a lot of fixing. There's a lot of fixing, a lot of electrical, a lot of plumbing, a lot of everything that you gotta, you've got to take care of. And you're not going to have the money to you know, pay professionals to come in to take care of this stuff for you. You're, you're, you're operating on a, a large home brewer scale. So you're going to have to do a lot of it yourself. Yeah. So whatever problems you have on the stove, yeah, double, everything. double, triple that. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, and scale it up because it's going to be a bigger issue and then you're going to have money at stake as well. You know, you, you break something and it, it leads to failures down the line, which then leads to less money in your, your pocketbook. And, uh, you know, wholesale beers, not, these aren't high, high margin items, you know, they're, 
you're you're looking at 30% margins. So uh, be prepared to do a lot of work. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for Nate for his time, especially since it was a busy day fixing the pumps and getting a brew on. Yeah, <laughs> the one man show. So really appreciate his time. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help contribute to this independently produced podcast series, you can do so on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian beer for as little as a dollar an episode. You can help keep this podcast running. Also, if you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes really helps promote this podcast and get it into as many ears as possible. For more information about Justice Brewing and any of the other breweries so far in the series, you can go to cascadian.beer. And also be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cascadianbeer. And on Twitter, we're at cascadianbeer. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, remember, support your local.